It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. It is time to get up with December drama in the NBA. We got LeBron, we got KD, we got a controversial finish. Wait till you see what happened at the end. Meanwhile, it's the rematch everyone is waiting for. We'll tell you exactly what's at stake Sunday and why all the pressure is actually on the birds. Plus, it's now or never for the real MVP. I'll tell you why everyone is looking at the wrong guy in this epic AFC showdown. Now we are talking. Let's do it. Look at the squad. We're not playing today, people. Lewis is in the building. Jay Will, Kmart, McNutt is here. Jeff Saturday in a nice sweater. Oh! <laughs> Very Chapel <laughs> Hill-like. The big swagoo is in the building as well, and he is ready to go. We have plenty of football to get to, but we start with controversy in the in-season tournament. Let's go. We got LeBron on one side, KD on the other. What a ball game. What a finish, Lakers and Suns. Let's go to the fourth quarter. Suns down 94-92, but it's... It's KD who had 31, knocking down a three. It's a one-point game. And then it's Anthony Davis, Monica, underneath. Yeah, just relentless on the glass. Anthony Davis was great with nine rebounds, or 15 rebounds, excuse me, in this one. 27 and 15. Then it's LeBron. He played 40 minutes. Lakers take a three-point lead. And Jay Will, Austin Reeves knocking down a big three for L.A. What a big shot by Austin Reeves. Can somebody please teach the Phoenix Suns how to guard oh pick and roll? God, please, Green. We'll get into all of that. But here comes the controversy crazy moment. Suns get a possession. They get a bucket. Now, Austin Reeves is going to get the inbounds pass and watch the ball pressure on him, Jay. He's going to give it up, and they will grant the Lakers a timeout, even though clearly no one has the ball. Monica, home cooking? Absolutely. Home cooking. This is terrible. Home cooking, Green. It's just bad. It's one of the worst plays I've seen in all this year. Here's another look at it again. We will show you everything you need to see. The timeout is granted to LeBron right here. That's where the basketball is. Jay, are you allowed to call a timeout if you don't have the ball? I mean, that's, that's the lesson I learned when I was in fifth grade, Greeny. Fifth it's grade. A terrible moment there. Son's not pleased. Anyway, it all comes down to this. Six seconds to go. AD at the line. Makes the first. Misses the second. So it's a three-point game. Here comes KD with a chance for the tie. Ooh, and it's no good. And the Lakers escape. 106-103, they're on to the semis. And Coach Vogel, not pleased. We get a quick two and foul, we can do that. Or or trap, which was the plan, which worked. We got the trap, we got the turnover, the damn whistle blow. Like I, it's just, it's frustrating. Jay, I mean, it, it's, I feel like as a fan, I got robbed of a game that should have gone into overtime, right? Because that, that's a lesson that you learn in fifth grade. I mean, if the ball's on the ground and it's not in possession, you know, shout out to LeBron for actually putting pressure on the ref to make the call. But there's no way in hell, Greeny, you can call a timeout and LeBron James right there with the ref. There's nobody has possession of the ball. How is that possible? The ball's going out of bounds. You can't call a timeout. It's just not... It's it's mind-boggling to me, Monica. I, I would agree, and I think post-game you heard the officials determine that the ball was still on Austin Reeves' leg, thus Lakers' possession. This year with the review stuff, Greeny, you can review possess or you can review fouls, or you can re- review inbounds and out-of-bounds. I don't understand why this isn't something that they could be like, 
We messed this up. Call the jump ball. Here we are. One way or another, it's a frustrating way to end what was an unbelievable game. And I will continue to say the story is this man right yes. here. Mm -hmm. LeBron James, who has played in the league now, checks notes, 67 years and is 38 <laughs> years old. Plays 40 minutes last the night. The only person in the game to play 40 minutes. All 12 of them in the fourth quarter. He continues to be, I will say it, he continues to be the best player in the NBA at his age. Yeah, I agree with you. And he's the best player sustained over a long period of time. He was the best player on the court last night with Kevin Durant, with D-Book, and also with Anthony Davis. And by the way, the reason why you love LeBron, he executes like a chess match down the stretch. Look at these two players I have for you, Grinny. Yeah. I've talked about it before. They break down the Phoenix Suns in all pick and roll. Mm -hmm. You'll see Nurkic, I swear, I can beat him on a pick and roll right now on a peg leg. Call me Captain <laughs> J-Hook, and I still can beat him on a pick and roll. We have these plays. It's really, he's able to annihilate them off PNR when, he's done, when he does that, Monica, it's yeah. a good game. Do we have the plays? Yeah, do we have Sydney? the plays? Let's try and Let's show him here. Let's Let's get to get to it. Oh, I'm being told we have a little trouble with the okay. tape. So we'll, right. get them, we'll have them for you later in the show. But the point remains that the Suns really struggle on the defensive end, and that could wind up being their kryptonite. Because this is a matchup of two teams. If we're trying to figure out who's going to make the Nuggets sweat in the Western Conference in the long run, and look, credit to the NBA. This in-season tournament, it is working. These teams played like this was a championship game last night. But if we're figuring out who's going to make the Nuggets sweat towards the end of the year, these figure to be two of the teams that could be there. Absolutely, and in particular, to me, the differentiating factor between these two teams, if you chalk up your two stars on each side to being neutral, which we could debate whether or not that is or not is or is not true, but it's the size. There's a play like 156 to go in the ball game. Literally, Devin Booker comes down and sets up. But you're looking at all of these Lakers matchups. And in those black jerseys on that terrible court last night, they almost looked like sort of something out of a video game. But the height, to me, just kind of stood out. And they were able to force a shot clock violation in the waning moments of clutch time in the ball game. Yeah, I think the two teams that really are going to give Phoenix issues are Denver and the Lakers due to physicality. Yep. The physicality when the games are in the trenches, like the 20 offensive rebounds yep. for the Lakers last night. And eight 20 for Suns. Exactly, yep. and 20 turnovers, right, because of the physicality when they come into the lane and also the fatigue factor for Devin Booker mm -hmm. and KD down the stretch. Well, I mean, are we ever going to see Bradley? Are we ever going to see the trio that everyone was all excited about? The Suns put together a big three, and they have not yet been that. I mean, they're saying it's a disc issue. But I can tell you one thing, your back issues, lower back issues, exactly. aren't things to play around with, especially as you need a game of endurance down the stretch. I was just in Phoenix on Friday. Friday. He's supposed to be reevaluated on Friday. It was a week from Friday when we were at the game. They're optimistic, but that's not something that goes away overnight. Monica, by the way, got back from Milwaukee about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, doing <laughs> next, We'll have highlights of that one and the rest of the in-season tournament stuff in a minute. Stay close, guys. But I got to get to the NFL because the huge game is this Sunday in Dallas. Dak Prescott has been dominant during the Cowboys' current four-game win streak. He will host fellow MVP candidate Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in what some are saying is the biggest regular season game of Dak's career. Here was Jerry Jones yesterday on how his Cowboys stack up against the top of the NFC. Well, I'm not saying it's clear. It may be clear to you, and but it's not clear to me. I will say this. We sure have the opportunity. We've got the talent the way Dak is playing. I don't know that I've ever seen him play any better. And we've got the opportunity to win any game we play against either of those teams. All right, so we will see. They haven't had uh, any success against the 49ers, who may be turning this thing into the San Francisco Invitational one way or another. But 
Swagoo, I'll start with you, my beloved former Cowboy who's up and ready to go this morning. <laughs> Cowboys going in there. I've, I've got people telling me this is a statement game for Dallas. This is the biggest regular season game of Dak's career. Do you see it that way? Oh, we're having some trouble this morning. I assume I'm not the only one who doesn't hear him. No, nope, right? don't it, hear him. No, don't yeah, hear so we have some issues. I'm so sorry. We're having some technical stuff today. We'll get that worked out with Swagoo. Mark, I mean, uh, Lewis, yes, I'll sir. ask you the same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is this the biggest game of the, of the, of the Cowboys and, and in its own way maybe of Dak's regular season career? Yeah, I, I think it is because, look, we're, we're talking about levels with Dak now, right? Look, Dak's always been a good quarterback, but he's taken it up a level over the past four weeks. Look, he's, they've only they scored more than 40 points in every game except for one. Mm. It was against Philadelphia and against San Francisco where this offense really didn't put up the 30-plus type of point uh, production that they are accustomed to, to putting up. And I think right now, look, if you go back and watch that first game, he played as good as you could possibly ask him to play against Philadelphia. It was about finishing. It was about yeah. making sure that receivers are running routes to the proper depth. Dak not stepping out of bounds when he's going in, making sure the ball crosses the goal line. It's about the little things. He did not fundamentally break down in that first game, but it's about finishing now. And I think what you have seen him do is he's established a lot of the habits right now that are befitting of a guy who is worthy of being an MVP candidate, and he needs to finish the deal now. Kmart, I understand that the narrative is all going to be about Dak needing to prove something, but the way I've had people in here talking about Philly ever since that game on Sunday, and the way the Philly fans are all up in my mentions and Hembo over there and the rest of the negative Philly All up in your mentions? All they are up in my mentions telling me, oh, Sirianni needs to be fired and this guy and our our coordinators stink and all all this kind of – they act like this is a measuring stick for Philadelphia more than it is for the Cowboys. Who needs to prove something to Kmart Sunday? Oh, well, Dallas needs to prove something to Kmart. Mm, Um, No, because think about it. The Cowboys have won 14 straight at home, uh, second longest streak streak in franchise history. But they played exceptionally well since that loss to the to the 49ers. That 49ers loss was almost like a TKO. Like, mm. oh, they just took that that ass whooping and had to go home and just said, <laughs> "Okay, cool." <laughs> but losing to the Eagles after that it was sort of like, "Oh, that's their best shot." Okay, bet. Like we can we can keep up with the champs. And I think the Cowboys are playing different. Dak is playing different. Mm. And that's why it's always about the moments for the Cowboys. And they have an opportunity because the Eagles Open the door just a little bit. They have an opportunity at home to show, hey, we are not just a team that can win this division. We're a team that can actually get to the Super Bowl. What do you think, Jeffrey? Yeah, I, I would say this. When you think about the Eagles, they didn't play their best against Dallas. And every, all Dallas fans are like, well, look, we can play with them. Well, the Eagles didn't play great either, right? And so from their standpoint, they're going, we didn't play our best and we still beat them. Mm-hmm. Their biggest issue is coming off of what happened with San Fran. They're not worried about the Cal- They're worried about San Fran. That's where the Eagles' mind is. It's a must win for the Eagles because of what just happened. As bad as they played in the second half against San Fran, they got – they, they, they were physically dominated. And I think from the, from the Eagles' perspective, if you look at the way they found ways to win throughout this entire season, it all leads back to physicality. They need to go show not only the Cowboys but themselves where they stand Jeff, on that Jeff, that, that is going to be the deciding factor. That, yes. That's where the levels are coming right now in the NFC in particular. Mm-hmm. That's where – look, San Francisco, San Francisco has established an identity over the past three years of being – like, seriously, it's a different level when you play this football team from a physical perspective. Yep. I don't care – what you think you have in your arsenal as far as your playbook, your situational clock management, if you cannot match the intensity that that football team plays with, 
you have no shot. And no one has shown that they can do that really right now. On offense, so you, when you, on defense. Everybody who, when they're playing at their very best, you're still a level below San Francisco right now. Yeah. We will talk about the Niners in a minute because their, their biggest and meanest star had some fascinating yeah. things to say about that matchup. But I do have Marcus back. So, Mar- Marcus, let's t- take our Cowboys hat off here. And you described to me, because the the conversations have been fascinating this week, Cowboys are sort of going this way. Eagles, despite having the best record, people perceive them to be slightly moving in the opposite direction. Who needs to prove something to you this Sunday at the game in Arlington? Yeah. It's Dallas, G. Um, And and I understand where Jeff is coming from with Philly coming off the San Francisco loss, but we came into the season talking about moments with the Dallas Cowboys. We've seen them win 12 games two years back-to-back. We've seen them have success offensively before. It's about how they play in these particular games, and I think Lou alluded to it. It's about Dallas and who they are to themselves, right? If The way we're looking at the NFC picture, if you can't compete with Philly and you can't compete with San Francisco, you can't win a Super Bowl. You can't get to where you want to be. And the critical talk coming into this season was about Dak Prescott. The one thing Dak has done this year is answered up until this point if he can be the reason why Dallas wins games. The way Mm -hmm. he's playing right now, he can be the reason they win games. But ultimately, and I hear the San Francisco thing came up. I'm going to tell you all this now because Lou is absolutely right about the physicality and they playing on a different level. The only way you beat San Francisco is if your quarterback plays out of his mind. That's what history tells us. History tells us Patrick Mahomes had to play out of his mind to win this game. It tells us that Matthew Stafford had to play out of his mind to win that game in the NFC Championship. It's about four. It was about him when he came into the season. It's going to be about him then. And we know that teams are going to make plays, but your quarterback has to be the difference when you play the 49ers. All right, let's get to the 49ers coming up in a moment because, as I told you, their biggest and baddest star was not mincing words when he was talking about that Eagle game. Wait until you hear what he says their mindset was. Plus, Patrick Mahomes has got a problem. Are the Chiefs running out of time to fix it? And is he even the player we should be talking about in the showdown with Buffalo this weekend? Oh, we've got a lot to get to. It's Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, back on Get Up before we go any farther. Aaron Rodgers was here yesterday with McAfee talking about my most prized possession. How about Greeny? You got anything to say, Greeny? Or is, uh... I love Greeny. Gutsy Greeny back there. Uh, need to get that thing out of there. I'm just, that jersey, listen, it's nice, <laughs> but we can do better. So next time I'm here, which who knows that's going to be. Um, I'm sure soon. I'm <laughs> sure really soon. Yeah. He said he sleeps in the I should have brought a, like a one that was signed. I'm sure think, we can sign that yeah, one, though, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas. Let's just season, sign the glass right, right yeah, now. That's yeah. right. I'm not signing the glass. That's weird. <laughs> sign the glass is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Madness yesterday. Everything about it was surreal yesterday. It really was. It was a strange day. And one way or another, I mean, that, that jersey carried us through an entire summer. <laughs> On this program, I actually had Lewis Riddick addressing it. Lewis was maybe I remember that. might be yeah. the most respected yeah. personality at ESPN. I actually had him talking, talking to the jersey. <laughs> and Aaron said, we can do better. <laughs> so, on one way or another. We were Aaron, off the rails that day, baby. Uh, that we were day, off the rails. Months, yes. And by that day, you mean pretty much the entire summer. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, right up until the fourth play of the season. <laughs> at any rate, that's when that ended. Let's get to where this thing is going. San Francisco has got it on lockdown. Did you see them walking into the game in Philly the other day? All of them in black. It's like a matrix. Trent Williams was talking about this. Listen to what he says. A couple weeks ago, I already knew I was going to come all black. I knew that was going to be my mindset. My mindset was going to be, you know, it's time to kill. We're going to a funeral. Okay, what? literally, I'm scared sitting here. <laughs> I'm the kill. I'm not playing. I'm not involved in this in they any are way. Different. They but, are different. And they all showed up. That was You said that they so, weren't even organized. So in addition to Trent Williams, Fred Warner talked about this on his podcast with his wife, and he said, like, I knew I was wearing black, and you show up. We didn't talk about it. But we all, like, we all showed up in all black. And that shows, he, Fred Warner said, that's how you know we are all locked in. Devo showing up with the Air Force One cleats. 
Mm. He was on demon time. Like that, this team is different. They are, they are scary. I love the 49ers. I just love that the biggest star is Trent Williams. Yeah, that's that my great? favorite part about it. Right? <laughs> it's like, that dude got people turning their back and running. Like literally, we yeah. saw a play this year where the demon turned his back and ran away. That gets me hyped. I'm like, all the rest of it. But they are, you, you saw, they, they took that personal. I think they took it personal from the NFC Championship game when they had to use, you know, four players to play quarterback and then not get to that Super Bowl. I think they took it personal, and they brought it with them. So, look, Lewis, here's the thing. We are going to make a big deal, and rightfully so, of Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday. It is a monster game. It has monster implications. But if I'm the 49ers, I'm sitting back and saying, yeah, that's cute. But we we played both of you this year, and we won by a combined score of 84 to 29. Yep. Is this this thing the San Francisco Invitational in the playoffs? Look, anything can happen any given Sunday. I get that, right? So we have to put that out there. But if they're healthy, if San Francisco's healthy and they don't have any kind of like major injuries to any of the key positions, yeah, it, it, it is a San Francisco invitation. Look, these guys play on a different level from a physicality standpoint, from a mindset standpoint. You sit in a room and you talk to Kyle Shanahan and then you talk to Debo, you talk to Fred, you talk to Trent. I remember two years ago, three years ago, us going out there and doing a Monday night game between San Francisco and LA in San Francisco. And I remember Kyle Shanahan talking about the fact that, look, how many football teams in the NFL, from a physicality standpoint, the tone is set by your number one wideout? Mm-hmm. Right. Not your, it's not your middle linebacker. It's not your Ronnie Lott type safety. It's not Jack Tatum type safety. It's your wide receiver, and it's Debo. And he's the guy who, when they come out of the tunnel and they're all dancing and they got the boom box, mm-hmm. Debo's the one who everyone follows. Debo. That right there tells you <laughs> it's a different kind of atmosphere yes, out there. And when you turn on the tape and you just watch it, Jeff, you can hear the life coming out of defenders offensively the way they yes. set the tempo. And now, I, there was a time I wanted to propose that we have a feature on this show called Ask a Question and Duck. Because I'm going to ask a question, and I fear I need to duck because I, I think I know what the response is going to be. But I think it needs to be asked at this point. The 49ers look in, almost, in, in every way like the best team in the league. Yep. Are we totally convinced the quarterback is ready for that moment? Are we completely convinced... That, 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 that Mr. Don't Irrelevant, who, who ha- I'm asking the question. Yeah. Duck, you know what? Duck. In a game against Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, or is Brock Purdy ready for if, – if they need him to win it, are we 100% sure he's what do you ready mean, What do you mean do, if they need him to win it? Like what does if, that mean? If, if it means like this becomes a game okay, where so, it's back and yeah, forth. No, I got you. Uh, I got you. you. So, okay, so here, here, here's the question that I ask everyone out there, right? So – in the Super Bowl a couple years ago when Patrick Mahomes was going up against Tampa Bay and yeah. they needed him to win it. Yeah. He couldn't do it by himself because he was missing some of his guys, remember? Understood. Right. I mean, so, the offensive Okay, line. so yeah. as long as if Debo's there and Brandon is there, Ayuk, and Kittle is there and Trent's still there and Christian's there, yeah, he'll be able to make the plays and get the ball to the right people, whether that be a tunnel screen, whether that be a little Y stick, whether that be a seven route. He will be able to do whatever you ask him to do. If, if – if Brock Purdy had been drafted in the first round, we wouldn't thank even ha- ask that question. Because people are holding it against him, and they just don't want to believe. Right. They don't want to believe. They but don't want to believe. But if Brock Purdy had been a different person, he would have been drafted yeah, in the first round. Yeah, but you know round. what? So it's Tom Brady also, right? Well, I get it. And so it, so it, it can I'm happen, folks. So just accept why, it. I duck. Why, I duck why, it. Accept it. 
Greeny, why are you on Demon Time today? Why? I'm asking why? the question. Because here's the thing. The not five no, seconds no, no, left. Believe. It is on pace. No, no, I'm asking. 55 no. seconds left. Ball on his own 20 and one timeout. Right. Do the Niners win the championship right. with West, him at quarterback? Right. Yeah, yeah, yes? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Let, let me say no this, question. though. About Let me just say to your point to give you some credibility. I will say this. If the Eagles had scored two touchdowns instead of kicking field goals in the first half, in the first quarter of the game, yep. that game looks different. And it's not just because of Brock Purdy. It changes their offense. The way you would have to beat San Fran is to force them to come from behind, right? That's how you limit – because whether you like it or not, football flips, right? When it's 14 nothing as an yep. offense, you feel pressure. So you start to try to make plays. Play callers call them different. All the things that get exposed get exposed under pressure, but no team has been able to do that in, in, in – or the bigger ones, you know, with the Dal- right. Dallas and Philly. 20 seconds to yell at me. Go ahead. <laughs> he, I don't know what more you want him to do. We talk, people look at him and say, oh, well, he's benefiting from Yak. He literally is benefiting less from Yak than Patrick Mahomes in any of his two MVP seasons. Well, I'm not, I'm, like, he's brilliant. I'm, he's, okay. What has he started? So, so, 20 so games in his career. That's See, all what, I'm which, asking. Which, which, what you're asking is, does he have the kind of metal, the, the, the right. mental metal to be able to dial in in the most crucial moments? Yes, he does. Okay, we'll come back to this as, as we continue. In the meantime, his team is not exactly lighting it up. Are Patrick and the Chiefs running out of time to fix it? Are they still the team to beat in the AFC? We'll talk about them. Plus, if it's Wednesday, you know what that means. The pancakes are back. Jeff Saturday, the best blocks of the week on the way. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Make a difference today for someone who is fighting for their tomorrow. Most important thing we do throughout ESPN's V Week, we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. I'll remind you again, 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. All right, bottom of the hour, get up. We continue here looking ahead to a huge NFL weekend. Let's play a game of more or less. Jeffrey, more or less, Jordan Love, two and a half touchdown passes Monday night against the Giants. It's a big number, but I'm going more. I mean, listen, when you're playing the Giants, I feel like you're going to get a lot of opportunities. So just keep taking shots down there. You see Jordan Love and this Green Bay offense kind of coming to life. You saw the way they played against Kansas City. Like, they're figuring this thing out. He's doing a great job managing this offense. It's, I know it's a lot, but three touchdowns, I think he gets them. Jordan Love is playing great. We'll talk more about him later. Marcus, how about Tyreek Hill against the Titans? More or less 125 receiving yards. More, gee, I don't know why I would ever say Tyreek Hill wouldn't go over more than the yards <laughs> that we ask him more or less because he always does. And all it takes is two passes for him to be That's over right. this. And usually Tyreek is, is getting those two passes and those two catches and going uh, for the deep ball. The dude is playing out of his mind. If the MVP wasn't a quarterback trophy, he would definitely be in the, in the square middle of it. 
And by the way, that was my favorite celebration of the season. Uh, Kmart, Josh Allen against the Chiefs. One and a half total turnovers, more or less. Honestly, I'm going to say less, G, because they need it to be less. Like, the, at this point, the Buffalo Bills are literally are on the outside of the playoff picture. They need to win games. Yeah. Josh understands how critical it is. I think the Chiefs, this is a very good defense, much improved defense, but I think the stakes are so high. Two things. What? First of all, did you just call me G? Did I? I think you did. I was, that's, it was delightful. I mean, that's what that's been Marcus's name for me for a long time. You've never called me that. I love it. Wow. B, can I just say something? I just need to say something. Oh, no. And I'm aiming oh. this directly at my favorite people in the world, the staff of this show, the team that puts together this show. More or less, Jordan Love, how many touchdowns is he going to throw? Tyreek Hill, how many yards? Positive. Josh Allen, how many turnovers? What a disrespectful question for us to be asking about a guy who was playing, I'm going to say it, better than anyone in this league. Lewis, last week, I mean, I don't care what you guys have. I'm ripping this up. I'm ripping it up. Allie, think. I don't care what you had planned. No, I'm ripping it up. Change that. Okay, good. Here we go. I, last week, I'm off with COVID, right? I'm not yep, here, yep, and I'm yep, getting yep. texts from people. Oh, they're killing Josh Allen on your show over the interception that he threw in the Philadelphia game. Yep. Let me say something about him. Uh-oh. Okay. There were 106 players in uniform for that game. Mm-hmm. Of them, by far, the one who played the best was Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. We focus more on the one bad play Josh Allen makes every week than the 60 that almost no one else in history possibly could. His team would be so bad if they didn't ask him to do absolutely everything. He is the most unfairly judged player in the NFL. And a quick final thought, and I'll give it to you. They're playing the Chiefs this weekend. If he had wound up on Kansas City with with Andy Reid and those guys, Uh we'd be talking about him as being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Fink. (laughs) Go ahead, Lewis. Look, there's no question that... We, Where's my we, chair? We, and, and, you know, one of the most, well, first of all, football is the most dependent sport that yes. there is, okay? You can't do anything alone besides maybe, I don't know, punt the ball, but you still have to get it snapped to you. But, and, yeah. you know, so, ne- nevertheless, it's the most dependent sport that we know. And we know it's dependent on so many different factors. Protection, when you're talking about quarterbacks, protection, wide receivers, being on the same page. It, it's the, it, you know, play, uh, play calls, all that stuff. Yeah. But we want to individualize it all the time because that's just what we do in sports. We individualize it. And with Josh Allen, when it's good, oh, my God, Josh Allen, you see his arm. Arm talent, arm talent, arm talent, arm talent. And then when he throws an interception, get him out of here. He's not as good as Jim Kelly. This is the reason why he can't get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Hey, whatever it is. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. But, Lewis, look, man, look. More listen, is asked listen. of him than any you're, you're other right. player in you're the right. league. Ah, He's their ah, whole team. Ah, oh, you're, ah, look, ah, look, wait, look, wait. I, pause, pause. 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 What? They, yes, Josh Allen, a lot is asked of Josh Allen because he's like Superman. That's on the organization. They set it up like Yes, I'm agreeing they with had you. Oppor- they had opportunity. No, pause. No, but it's not Lamar true. Lamar Jackson has also had a true. lot asked of him. Hold on, Marcus. Yes. Lamar Jackson has also yes. been asked to do everything. There. And nobody yes, ever K-Mart. said, you know what? Poor yes. Lamar. He ain't got no wide receivers all these years. What's going on? But now Josh, when he makes a mistake, now to say Josh can't make that critical mistake sounds like we're killing Josh. It's not, No, that's just a fact. He can't make the mistake in that moment. Because every week, every quarterbacks make wonderful plays. And it's that one bad decision that determines a win or loss. That is not a Josh Allen stat. That's not Josh Allen hate. We do with Dak. This is, when you are the guy, more is asked of you. Go ahead, it's not Marcus. Fair, but it's true. I, I'm, I'm t- go, jump in here, Marcus. Fired up. 
Yeah, yeah, I got I got to have a fight with you right now, G. And you know we do this once or twice a year. But yeah. see, see, here's my problem with you and Dan Orlovsky when it comes to Josh Allen. Because we have this – because people that people that talk about Josh Allen that want, want to take the opposite side, they feel sorry for him. G, we talked about the damn Jets who were out of playoff contention and losing games. And who did we talk about? Aaron Rodgers. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Who did we just have a conversation about? Dak Prescott. We talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. It relegates to Patrick Mahomes. We talk about the Ravens. It relegates to Lamar Jackson. We never ask a question about any other team with a superstar quarterback, and the conversation doesn't go to the conversation about the superstar quarterback. But when it comes to Josh Allen and his critiques, we want to talk about Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott and the defense (laughs) and running 12 people out there. It's okay. We all acknowledge that Josh Allen is a superstar in this league. You can win a Super Bowl with him. His talent is elite. But we are going to focus on the turnovers. You know why? Because he leads the league since he got in. And don't tell me about leading in touchdowns because that's what we expect him to do based on everybody that contradicts when you talk about the critical mistakes he makes in games. We only judge him based on elite talent. You know what happens when you get judged on elite talent? Your flaws are very much highlighted more than the other players. This is the only thing that makes me sick about this. You can call it unfair. You can call it fair. But ultimately, this is relegated to all quarterbacks that we consider elite. All right, Jeff, give me a thought here. And then I I have to get the basketball crew. We'll come back to it. I agree with Marcus. At the end of the day, man, turnovers kill you. And it doesn't matter how much you do well if you turn the ball over in inopportune times. And listen, turnovers in the second half of games, I don't care what, they're double. So when you turn over in the fourth quarter, man, it costs you games. I don't care how many points you're scoring, it still costs you games. The only only thing, though, I I just want to – Put on that, though. Look, every turnover does have a story. Yo, absolutely. Okay? Every Agreed. single one. I know Drops, that the simplest yes. explanation is to yes. always just say, well, the quarterback has to protect the ball. But we know it's more than that. I agree with that. We All know right. it's more I will agree that. with that. I will get back to – I promise. I don't care what we have to kill. I'm coming back to this. No, no, I'm going over there because Jay and Monica are here. NBA. Monica was in Milwaukee last night for the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, the Bucks and the Knicks. It was an unbelievable game through the first half. Second quarter, Damian Lillard, Monica. Let's talk about how good he was. And this dude went on a personal 13-point run to end the second quarter. It was a three-point game at the half, and then, oh, look at Giannis going up. They had a few of these in consecutive possessions, big-time highlight plays. The players and coaches all talked about the in-season tournament feeling like a playoff game. Pfizer form was, in fact, rocking. Giannis had 35 bucks Mm. start pulling away, and then it's Lillard who would put the finishing touches. He had 28 and 7. The Bucs scored 100 and 46 points. Say that again. Uh, no, don't say that against again. Who? Don't say that again. Against Tom Thibodeau. I, I don't want to hear it. I, New I, I, York I, I, Knicks. I, I, I. And so now we go on to the, the semifinals of this in-season tournament Thursday in Vegas. We're going to have games for you. Lakers, Pels, and the Bucks and Pacers. That's your final four. The Bucks are right now the favorites at ESPN Bet to lift the trophy. And again, a, a quick just note of... of like, I think it's been terrific. I mean, there were so many yes. questions about this tournament. You watch these games, uh, the, the, the intensity they're playing with. I mean, it felt different. You were there. It feels different watching it on TV. All of that said, Jay, you and I were talking right before the season began. And I kept saying, Boston, 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 yep. Boston, Boston. What did you see from Milwaukee last night that might change people's minds? I think continuity between Dame and Giannis and the way they played. 
Um, and I think it's the offensive firepower that's there. Now, look, they shot 60% from the field, 60% from the three-point line, from three. You're going to win a lot of games you go that way. Here's the only reason, Greeny, why I said I didn't bet on Boston long term. I know Perzingis was healthy last year, mm-hmm. but he's been injured more than he's been healthy. So I, I, I bet on the fact I'm not sure he's going to be available when Boston needs him to be the most, and their offensive firepower is different. I would just bet on the availability of Giannis and Dame before that. I mean, you were there That's last all. night, Monica. I, I, I sort of want to ask the question this way. Like, when the Bucks are at their best, when they are – how good are they? I, I, Yo, how, how, how would you describe it? Now, granted, I think the Knicks' defense did not travel point-blank period, and they're not always going to shoot 60% from the three and from the field. But it last night was the realization of everything you thought could be when you heard that this trade went down. And not just when the two of these guys are on the floor. Though, mind you, they draw so much attention that I could count four different bucks off the top of my head that were getting clean looks from behind the three-point line, and they were obviously connected at a high clip last night. But when you only have one, you have this opportunity opportunity to stagger forces, although they attack you differently in terms of their size versus their speed, but they both can anchor this Buck squad if necessary. And prior to the game, Coach Adrian Griffin, he talked about this team getting healthy. I think somewhere in this, we've forgotten about Chris Middleton getting back to true form of the closer that we saw him be when this team won a championship. And, and so as you sort of spin this thing forward, it feels like a big deal. I tell you what, Bucks? Tyrese Himmerburton. Tyrese Halliburton's Himmerburton? magnificent. Himmerburton. Himmerburton. Oh, Himmerburton. I got you. Yes, I got that's you. That's his name. Uh, here I am thinking you misspoke. But, <laughs> uh, but, but all kidding aside, like a Bucks Lakers final Saturday night on ABC in the in-season tournament. Now we're talking. Oh no, like, I think it would be, I, I, I think Ooh. that would be the the league's dream. I know it would be ESPN's dream. I am going to say this though. I think it's going to be the Pelicans versus the Bucks. Really? I do. A young Zion getting it done. Uh, not just Zion, but Trey Murphy's back. Yeah. I mean, that's a team that's chippy. Remember how they pushed a couple years ago in the playoffs. All right, let's talk about it as we go forward. We'll have much more on this as we go. By the way, our great night of hoops is tonight. First off, we got Wemby and the Spurs visiting the T-Wolves. That's 7.30 Eastern. Uh, and then you got the defending champs taking on the Clippers. Great hoops tonight. Coverage starts with Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, we're heading toward an offseason of quarterback chaos with the biggest question in Chicago. Is it time for the Bears to move on from Justin Fields? We'll answer that. And Jeffrey is going to do pancakes. Give me a little pancake. Uh, we got a little lacrette to start it off. Look at George Kittle. Hitting two, taking him in end zone, scoring Diva. Hey, on the first one, he runs down and knocks guys down. That's why San Francisco is doing Oof. what they're doing. Look at one dude, take two, balling out there, George Kittle and the San Francisco 49ers. You got to love it. Guess what? We're coming back for some big, big cakes. Grown men knocking folks down. Yeah, wait till you see his breakfast earlier, by the way. I'll oh, show yeah. you that, too. You won't be disappointed. You will not. ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN for exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities. Sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download the app. Sign up today. What a play. The next game we're going to play is going to be keep or move on. Lewis, you're my general manager. All right. Let's talk about quarterback decisions. Should the Steelers keep Kenny Pickett or is it time to move on? No, you got to keep Kenny Pickett for now. Look, the changes that they're undergoing from an offensive philosophical standpoint with Matt Canada being out of there, you just don't know what kind of, you know, what kind of results they're going to get out of that right now. It's just too soon to tell. Like, we were just sitting here talking in the break, Jeff, Saturday and I. 
when Kenny Pickett was being coached by Mark Whipple when he was at the University of Pittsburgh, he was a Heisman runner-up. Mm. He didn't lose all of that simply because he's in the pros now. Right. He's still a very good player. Right, let's talk about a guy who won the Heisman. The Cardinals are projected to have a top-five pick this year. Should they keep Kyler Murray or move on? Look, I think with this one, I think it's time to move on here. Look, and I love Kyler's talent. I love his dual threat capability. He's one of those guys I've seen play live multiple different times. I'm just wondering whether or not he is the leader that they need. If he is he is the is he the face of the franchise that they need to really get Arizona back to a point of relevance. And with every time I've been down there, I've been I've left there going, I just don't know if he's that dude. I just don't know if he's the one. So I'd be ready to move on. Right? Interesting one. And then of course, here's the big one. The Bears are going to have those two high picks this year. Should they keep Justin Fields or is it time to move on? Yeah, I think you got to keep Justin Fields for now because, again, similar to Pittsburgh, there's just so many questions around the play caller and whether or not they're putting him in positions to succeed. That's not to absolve Justin of some of his own issues, which he has some right now, and he hasn't developed at the pace that he needs to. But there's a lot bigger issues going on around there. Like, how does Tyson Bajant look one way when he's playing and the offense looks one way, and then when Justin gets out there, it looks like, Justin, just drop back and do something. Right. It looks like it has no – like all these wide receiver screens, the lack of play. I'm going, just wait a second. From week to week, it's so inconsistent from a plan of attack standpoint. I don't know how the kid can really settle in. Understood. But doesn't it – if you're in a position to draft, let's just say Caleb Williams. Yeah. With the first pick in this draft and start – I mean, the contractual feature that goes into all of that as well, starting the five-year clock. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it feels almost like a no-brainer that they I, would do that. No? Yeah, I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a no-brainer because, again, you have to take into consideration, Greeny, what's, what's going to be around Caleb Williams? That's yeah. right. Who's to say that the structure and the atmosphere around Caleb Williams doesn't wreck him? Well, that's You know fair. what I mean? And, yeah. see, and we talk about that, but sometimes I think we forget it when we're just trying to, like, boil it down to a simple decision, meaning is it this guy or this guy? It's not as simple as that. And again, I'm not saying Justin has developed at the rate that I expected him to because he hasn't. Agreed. And I'm like, I'm on the fence. It's getting close for me. It, it's getting real close for in me. In fairness to Justin, how many different systems has he been in? That's Where's true. the consistency? When you derail the, the progress, we can't then kill the kid. Like, why isn't he developing quicker? Now, my, I think they should keep him. My fear is they will move on because in this world of you know what, I think the kid just needs a different change of scenery. We need to move on. But again, to Lewis's point, what are you putting around the next kid that you bring into Chicago? I hear, but the contract is such a huge factor in these things these days, right? I mean, you're getting Caleb Williams for, for a, a yes. fifth yes. the price that it's going to cost you if they make a decision on Justin Fields long-term almost immediately. Let me get a quick word from Marcus on this. What do you think? Is Justin Fields going to wind up being? I feel like this is really the more reasonable question because the contract skews everything. Is Justin Fields going to wind up being a really good starting quarterback somewhere in this lifetime, Marcus, yes or no? Yes, I believe he can be, and I believe it needs to be out of Chicago. And yeah. for his sake, as well as the organization, and I get what Lou and uh, K. Mart is saying about the next quarterback, but they, they did it with Justin. They went and got the next quarterback from Mitchell Trubisky. And I know that Chicago may be scoring, but remember, it's a new GM in there. The head coach is probably going, they're going to have some questions about him as well. I think this is a complete redo. And you just retool and restart from the beginning if you're Chicago. Justin is a part of the kind of old, stale part of what we've been talking about the Bears. So I think it's time to move on and, and just start anew. He, he, is, he, is, he has too much talent to think. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go get Marvin Harrison Jr. 
and, and put he with Moore and start to build, work on that offense, install an offense similar to what Philly is running See, or what Indy is running yeah. or what you telling me Justin Fields with all the ability and capability that he has, you can't put a system together that he would be Thriving. better in. I mean, and now you're going to restart with a rookie. I'm just going to let you know all rookies don't turn out to be C.J. Stroud. Like, don't believe that hype either, bro. There's a lot of really good ones that we think are all world that turn out to not be. It could be Fields, but at least you know what you got. All right, I will yeah, come back to this. I this conversation without back. the business part. But I got the pancakes ready to go here. Eat, and I got a special Oh, Marcus, breakfast. this is for you. Roll this thing. Roll it. You got to see this. is one of our favorite things. So let me show you how we're going to get this thing right, started. Yeah. Oh, we're back, baby. Bam, bam, bam. We got it. That's how we start this off. Let's go. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. We are back! Can we do one more pick? All right, before we do the pancakes this morning, I took this picture, okay? This morning in our meeting, Jeff's breakfast gets delivered, and I was in a state of shock. These are two fried eggs. This is the meat lover's omelet. This is the largest sausage order I've ever seen in my entire life. It was all for him, and it was gone in 45 seconds. Am I right or am I wrong? 100% true. Hey, that's how you get the day going. That's how you get hyper. Okay. That's how you get it right. Back to that play. We got to get it right. We got to get it right. You got to start big and then and then dwindle as the day goes on. We're starting with the big. Hey, hey, Will Fries, aka Spud, get some of that, baby. When I talk about dropping some, watch the watch the violence that he comes back with. And then goes he gets another. My favorite part about after he's on the ground, go find the gore. Go get that on the ground. My man Spud making it happen. Hey, we don't talk about the Colts nearly enough. That O line, what they're doing. Will Fries, a.k.a. Spud. That's what I'm talking about, my man. Knock him down. Let him. Second, Alec Ingo. Listen, you want to know why the Dolphins oh. are doing what they're doing? How about you get fullbacks that go run lead and run straight at a Mike McDaniel, all the great play calls. You know why play calls look great? Because dudes like that go thump somebody and dump them on his back. Look, with the roll. All the athleticism. That's why it's got to be number. He's athletic. He has a little roll in there. Most big men can't do it, but that's two cakes we're throwing on the screen for my man Alec Ingo. Congratulations. Finishing it off with another coach. Oh, come on, Big Jeff. Q Nelson. Look at oh, this angle. Oh, all right. Hey, division yeah. opponent. This yeah, is what I win. This is all pro and doing it as nasty as you can do it. Fit, finish, strain, all of it. <laughs> Running your feet. Finishing them up. That's 3K. <laughs> My man, Big Q. The Colts laid a hat to these boys. I love it. Look at him get up. That's a thing of beauty. On the knee. That's an athlete right there. Look athlete. The, look at Marcus's yeah. face. Jeff, what? <laughs> what, what, what is it, when, when, when you got the defender like that, what, what's the defender saying in those moments? Like, Stop! 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 Mom! Mom! We hear it all. We hear it all. We've broken a man. Hey, hey. Swagoo knows. We don't want to break on this man. They don't call the mom. Mom! No, no. Can't nobody help you right now. Can't nobody help you. I, 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 coming back with much more. We got December drama in the NBA. We got LeBron. We got KD. We got a controversial finish. You're not going to believe how this thing went. Plus, it's the epic rematch that everyone is waiting for. We'll tell you exactly what is at stake Sunday in Big D and why it may actually be the Eagles who need this one more. We'll be right back. Mom! Mom! Mom help me! Ah! Ah! Y'all are nah, dirty, nah. man. Them offensive linemen are dirty. <laughs>